And that's what's so exciting about this because it's never going to stop. Like you reach this level, there's always galaxy after galaxy mm. after galaxy of levels. And I think that's why it drives people like us because you come to a certain level and you can see that you're only touching the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more to learn. Here we are back for another episode of the Go Vertical podcast. This is number 13. Um, everybody strap on your seatbelts because this rocket is about to go boom. Uh, we are super excited to have Laverne Zook joining us today uh, from LNL Commercial Roofing out in Pennsylvania. And so um, we're just going to pick his brain about, about business today and uh, we're very excited for it. So that being said, guys, are you ready to go vertical? Let's go. Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Uh, well, as usual, Warren, I'm going to kick it over to you for our tip of the week. Absolutely. Well, it's good to be here again. And uh, we're ex really excited to have Laverne on here. I actually spent some time with Laverne uh, the last couple of weeks. We met up a few times. So we're really excited to see what we have here uh, in the next half hour, 45 minutes here. But anyways, tip of the week. Uh, we talked about this in one of our early episodes, and that was about seasons. But I was thinking today about momentum and being aware of what momentum you have. And if you have a really good momentum going on where things are going really good, now is the, the time to push really, really hard because you're probably going to have success. And if you're struggling a little bit right now and things are a little bit slow, Now's the time to really uh, reevaluate your core values, your mission statement, and, you know, really put, really think, spend some time thinking about, about what you're doing. But if things are going really good, just get up early and work late every day uh, because you're just going to keep winning. And so I've learned that over my about eight years of my roofing company is understanding the momentum that we have and just keep pushing harder than ever because we're all going to have dry seasons and then seasons of harvest. Yeah. Awesome. That is a good, good tip. Um, well, yeah, like I said, we're excited to have Laverne on joining us. Laverne, thanks for taking some time out uh, to sit down with us and have a chat. We're, we're really uh, grateful to have you here with us. Um, so if I can start by asking you, can you uh, tell us, just to get you to know you a little bit, can you uh, tell us what you do in a sentence or two or give us your elevator pitch? Sure can. I own a roofing company alongside with my brother. Um, we started doing commercial back in 09. Um, obviously, we use a lot of the Conklin. Well, commercial, we use all of the Conklin products. And um, then on the side, I help a lot where I help people jump from residential to commercial. Mm. Um, do a lot of coaching in that area. And that's actually where my passion is. I love my roofing company. Never want to let it go. Um, I have a real passion to build that as professional as I can. And we're actually really structuring that where it's running by itself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not that involved with it. I got my thumb on it. Um, never want to let it go. Absolutely love it. We built it from scratch. So we've been truly blessed with that company. Um, that's based out of um, Clymer, Pennsylvania. And then um, on the other side, I just, we work different states. We open up different areas. 
and we we try to pick out really good individuals contractors we really like to work with the people that are ready to do residential mm. and i just i mean quite frankly that's my little little speech there is i i help them jump from residential to commercial yeah awesome so what do you spend most of your time doing day to day well, when I'm when I'm here in Ohio, I, I come in here to the office, I spend maybe half three quarters day and I spend a lot of time on the phone. I do a lot of cold calling where I, I connect with the right contractor. And daily I talk to my brother Linford. He's the one that's running the commercial company there in Pennsylvania. Um, so a lot of phone time, lots and lots of phone time. I mean, if, if I was to break it down, I. I know my screen time on my phone usually shows eight hours, Oof, six, wow. six, eight hours. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to judge where I'm wasting time. I, I like to know if I'm wasting time, but I can't on my cell phone because I'm on yeah. it all the time. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a breakdown. I really like to focus on bringing new leads in. Um, and then I also work a lot with the team. Um, and I know Warren knows this too, but it's a real balancing act. Sometimes you're not sure where to spend because it's core to spend time with with new leads and it's core to spend time with existing leads and existing clients. So it, it's a balancing act. And I'm a family man. I've um, got four kids under eight and um, that's actually my priority. That's why I'm in business. So um, I try to balance that out as well, too. I, I don't have all the answers for that. I, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. So what what is one thing that keeps you awake at night? Um, I don't worry much. Um, as far as the worry part, I, I don't, the, the, as far as in the back of my brain, here's one thing that I've learned. And, and it's funny you brought that up because we've just had, uh, Warren and I are part of the panel, the roofing panel. And we talked a lot about quality. And back when we first started, we didn't have a lot of training, which it was, it was partly on me. We should have gone after some training. But we just did it. We, we started commercial. We jumped into it. We're the type of guys. We just pull the trigger and figure out what happens later. And we did a lot of ruse back when we first started in 09, 2010, that were not done to specs. Hmm. Um, and, and they're fine because of our quality work. And, and, the, and the thing that, that we've committed to, which I think this makes all the difference, is we will not let those customers go. Um, they've actually become our best customers, like one after the other. It You might have lost your your money, your income on the first couple. Um, but it's funny how that turns around because you end up usually ahead anyway, even financially, if you take care of them because they always refer or give more work. Um, so I'd say that's if if I have anything to worry about, it would be those projects that we did in the first couple years. And a lot of those are actually... Um, they're, they're at the point where they're getting out of warranty. So it's slowly getting better, but I can tell you right now, compared to the work we used to do and, and you look back 10 years, um, I don't worry about it anymore at all. Mm. Um, and as far as keeping me awake with excitement, um, I am so excited where we're headed with this whole thing. Um, it, it's, it's like, even in the roofing world and the commercial roofing world, and especially with the products that we have with the coatings, I've never been more excited, even with a low economy. I know when we started, we were right on the edge of that. Remember back in 08, 
09. And we started in 09 with the commercial and we had the best years we ever had. That was mm-hmm. jumping from residential to commercial. So I've been really excited about bringing new people on even in this time, because I think it could be their lifeblood mm-hmm. um, down the road. If we can help them jump from uh, residential to commercial, especially doing repairs with our liquid applied system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited to see new people like you, you find a new guy. Like I have a guy um, in North Carolina right now called Brian Adams. And he started a year ago um, and he landed like three projects just like that. It was, it was amazing, but he made more money on that, like that one job profit or two jobs because it was commercial, it was larger um, than he would have all year. So like, you know, like in within a month's period, he made more profit in those couple jobs than he would have all years just working and working and working 24 seven, not much family life. He loves fishing. He has kids at home and I've never seen a, a more like happier man this year because he can go to Florida. He can actually take off. And before we came on board with him, he couldn't, he, he couldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a long answer, but that's on the exciting side. That's what keeps me awake. That's what keeps me getting up and getting up at, five o'clock or five 30 in the morning and, and just going for it. That's what it, it's, it, it, it just drives me. And then my family, I love, I love what I do because it, it, it honestly does the same thing. I just said to Brian, it gives me that time where I can actually take off if I want to. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like, um, rather than what worries you at night, keeping you up is what, what gets you excited about, you know? And I think when we all started out, I think we did worry a lot more and it's still easy to worry, but we shouldn't worry, but we should be very excited. I like that laying in bed at night. What are you excited about instead of what are you worrying about? So if you're listening and you're laying awake at night and you're worried, maybe think about some things that you're blessed with that get you really excited. Let those things keep you up at night. You'll probably fall asleep quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And right along with that, um, we were talking about Ed Milet. I think it was him that said it. You know how that feeling is when you get butterflies, when you're you're ready to do something like very exciting that really makes your heart like you get those butterflies. You can't wait. Like maybe it's doing a speech or maybe it's when you get your fishing rod out. But there's things each of us have that makes your heart pound. Um, that's what life is about. And he says, go after those butterflies. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't have that, like if you're in that business where you never get that, I think you need to figure out a way where you can get those butterflies back because that is what life's all about. If you don't have that, there's no, there's no living. Hmm. That's good. Wow. That's great. So uh, one last question, just to kind of introduce people to you and get to know you. What, uh, what do you like to do when you're not working? I I love fishing. Um mm-hmm. Absolutely. Get my fishing pole out and fishing. There's just nothing like it. Um, that's probably my go-to hobby and then spend time with my kids. I, I just had a good weekend. My wife's extended family were together and we spent a lot of time together and it's just, I got, I got three little boys and then one little girl. And like this morning, um, the little girl likes to get up early, which gets us a little bit frustrated. I was sitting there on the living room floor early this morning with her. And um, I was like, dude, this is actually what life's about. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. spending time with my wife and my kids. Like there's, that's, I mean, if I peel it all back, that's, that's where it's at. 
That's that's where it's at. Like I love spending time more than anything else with them. But then my hobbies, I have a lot of hobbies, I'll be honest with you. I just don't spend <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time with them. Fishing's my fishing's my go-to. And if I want to really clear my brain, then I take a long run. Mm. I know everyone's different there, but that clears my brain like nothing else does. Yeah. So awesome. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Great. Well, thanks for sharing. That was great to kind of get to know Laverne and uh, your life a little bit. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to kick it over to Warren here in a second because I know Warren had had some questions for you too. But um, one thing I wanted to ask is we I asked this to uh, Elias Raber a couple episodes ago, and um, I was thinking he uh, he brought you up on that podcast, and so I thought maybe I'd do full circle and ask you too. Um, what does uh, What does being uncomfortable mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a solid question. Um, I, I don't know what you have in mind, but I know the most uncomfortable thing I ever did was when they asked us to speak at national convention where there was 1500 people. Um, and it, and it was funny that it did it to me because I actually enjoy public speaking. Hmm. Um, I get, I get nervous, but I actually enjoy it. don't know if I'm good at it, but I actually do enjoy it. I love watching people's lives actually being changed by someone's speeches um mm. i i've actually sat under some extremely well organized speakers where they they have a way of of touching your heart and i i don't i don't even think warren knows this about me but it's actually kind of something that i dream about or something i i would like to do more of but that was probably honestly the most uncomfortable out of my whole life was before I walked out on stage at national convention and I didn't see it coming. That was the funny part. Mm. But to me, that was probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying it was really easy to tell us yes. When you jump, when we asked you to hop on the podcast with yeah, us. I, I, it doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I probably speak too much. I probably talk too much, but I feel if there's something someone has in their heart that can help change people's lives. And if you have a way with your, if you're gifted in speaking, then I, I feel go for it. Like I, and, and it's not, it's, it might not come out perfect, but if, if you have a heart to help people, I'm, I'm all in, like, I, I love mm -hmm. to change people's lives because I've been in, in places in my life where, where it was less than desirable. I, I would say I never went through tough times like a lot of people did, but I've been through times when I was extremely unhappy and didn't have, didn't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. hmm. and and if one word or one little podcast or if a little speech or something and here's here's what's really getting me um and i don't know why it's happened so much the last while but i have people that are younger than me come back and say do you remember that you said this and it can be 10 years ago and i never remember it and it changed their lives hmm like it changed the direction they were going. Like, just for example, I have a younger brother, Wendell. He's a good bit younger than me. And, and I don't even remember this, but he had a goat that was his pet. Like it was a close pet. He was just a kid and it died. And he said one time when we were in a group of my friends, Wendell was beside me. And I said something to, to the group that, yeah, the poor kid, he just lost his goat and I feel really bad for him. And Wendell just told me that a couple of weeks ago. And he said that literally meant the world to him that I brought that up. And, mm. you know, it was 
it was five seconds long, you know, <clears> and <throat> something I forgot. So it really impacted me the last, probably the last two months, how in my conversations, I need to pray every morning when we get up or, or however, but every word that we speak is forgotten in two seconds or five seconds. You forget what you spoke, but it could, it can change where that person's life's going to go. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. James says that, uh, the book of James, the tongue is like a rudder, right? Of a ship right. mm-hmm. here and there where you're going to go. That's right. Yep. 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 Wow. That's, good. that's really good. Well, Warren, that totally derail your questions. <laughs> yeah. My mind is racing a million miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, so this morning we were looking for, I was thinking about people I could ask to talk on the podcast. Cause for those of you who don't know, uh, maybe this is your first episode you're listening to, but Nick is, Nick and I play two very, very different roles. Uh, Nick is the brains and I'm just the, I don't know what, I, I don't know what part I have, but Nick, Nick does all the editing. He makes the podcast look good. Um, he does, he does all the behind the scenes stuff a hundred percent. And then I do my best to bring on guests and then we, we interview them together. But, um, my name is Warren and I do commercial roofing and Nick Jordan does a lot of digital marketing. And so the two of us together have worked to build this podcast. And I think our mission, our why with it from the start was, you know, to get exposure, um, not only for us, but also for our guests. But I was talking to a, a guy today named Bob, and I think he's going to be on the podcast at some point in the near future. And we were talking about what the podcast is about because he hasn't listened to any of the episodes. Okay. So, and what Laverne just said was exactly what I was telling Bob is like our, my goal with this podcast, there's a lot of different goals with it, but if we can share one little tip on each episode that can help somebody in their business, grow their business, whether it's somebody that we're working with personally uh, that we might benefit from, or maybe it's somebody that we're never going to meet and it's going to change. Like Laverne was saying, you know, we can, we might share one thing that we might think is very, you know, very insignificant. And five years from now, that little phrase, that little key, that little tip that Laverne shared or somebody shared on the podcast is still having a huge impact. So the podcast is just a platform that we have that we can, you know, get the word out and share some things. So Laverne, this is super exciting to have you on and you already shared so much good stuff. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of have, have you go through your, your journey. Um, one thing I want to talk about here, I want you to compare this if you can. I know that you're training to run a marathon. And, and we all know, we've talked about business being like a marathon. So what has it been like to train for your actual marathon that you're planning to run this year? Tell us a little bit about that. And then let's talk a little bit about the marathon of business. You know, the, the tough miles, the miles where you want to quit. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the marathon versus a sprint. What has it been like? Because you've ran 5Ks, um, you ran 10Ks, I believe, but... What has this been like training for a marathon? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, probably done more for my business life than a lot because because it it takes so much time. Um, one thing that really hit me with the marathon, we did a half back in February, March with my brothers. And when I was racing in the marathon, that half, I kept thinking about all the time that I spent up to that period and i was like this is what i trained for Mm -hmm. and like i felt good i was running 
Um, I was ahead of the. I'm getting an echo here. Yeah. Um, one thing that really hit me when I was running in the race was how I, my mind kept saying, this is what I, and I, you know, I was running way above average, um, for, for me. And I kept thinking about all the hours and the hours that I spent for that exactly that time that I was running in. And I felt good because I was making it. Like I was like, I went to the seven mile, I went to the eight mile, I went to the nine, I went to the 10 and, and I, after a while, I was like, I had it in the back of my brain. Am I ever going to make when I was training? I didn't know because it was unknown. I didn't know if I could run 13.2 miles. Mm -hmm. But as I got closer, I was like, I'm going to finish this and I'm going to actually finish it, you know, way faster than I thought I was. And when you compare that with business and now I'm training <laughs> the same way with a marathon, I got that slight fear that what if I get an injury or what if what if I don't make it? And this is what I trained for. Um, but when you think about business, it's so much the same because a lot of people expect to just jump into it and it just, boom, they're successful. And when you think about running a marathon, like if Warren or Nick, if, if you guys don't run, if you would get up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to go run a marathon, there is absolutely, absolutely no chance. No chance. Make it, make it. <laughs> no chance. So it's the same principle. Like I, I try to instill that in even my brain or the people that are, that I'm training. This is not a sprint. This is this business motto. And I don't care what business you're in. You can't expect to be what someone that was in it for five or 10 years to be that overnight. So, so, you know, you just don't give up. You just keep pounding it. You keep training. Um, yeah, the whole running thing has really hit me. Um, and I don't know why it has. It's probably because I'm so involved in business. But it, I every time I'm out there training and running and, and you know, it's ours, I keep thinking about how it's so funny how it compares to be successful and run the race successfully. You need tons and tons and tons and tons of miles. Like, I'm talking miles of training, like, Last week was a was a low week because I was in Kansas City. I did go run for four and a half miles when I was there, but I think I only had like a total of 10 or 11 miles in a week. My normal training weeks are like between 20 and 30 miles a week. Mm. And if, if you just think about that, if you compare that to any kind of business that you're running, um, let's say someone's making cold calls. If someone makes only two or three a week, they're not going to make it. If they bump that up to 30 or 40 or 50 a week, they're going to make it, but they're not going to make it in one week. They're going to have to do those mile after mile after mile. And then at the, the time of the race, they're going to boom and it's going to blow out of here. That's so good. That's, that's exactly right. And one thing you said, it's going to take, it's going to take time. And I see that and you see it too. You know, people see your success. They might see my success. They might see Elias Raber. And they don't see the time. They don't see where where Laverne started. They don't see the first time you chose to run a mile to train. And all those many, many hours when nobody was looking, nobody was watching, but you chose to train. And it's that way in business too. And so it's, that's interesting. The first thing you, you brought up was the fact that it's going to take a lot of time. And we have to remember that, hey, if we're going to do this business thing, we got to commit. Because I think you're running your marathon in October. Is that right? Right, October like, 8th. Like you planned way out. 
Um, you didn't just say, I'm going to start training. And if it goes good for a week, I'm going to quit. No, you said, I'm going to train and I'm going to run in October. Like I'm going to do this thing. So in business, it might be a five-year plan. That might be what your marathon looks like. It probably isn't a six month plan. It's probably not a three month plan. Um, you're going to put a plan together and you're going to train. And he said 20 to 30 miles a week. It's the exact same mm -hmm. thing in business. How many cold calls are you going to make? How many you know, how many pieces of marketing are you going to put together? How many bids are you going to put out? Um, set some goals. It's the exact same thing that, that Laverne's doing. And then another thing he said was when the tough times come, the tough miles, remember you train for this. Right. And as we make mistakes and as we have some success, all of a sudden the tough miles aren't so tough anymore. And we're willing to push ourselves a little bit harder because of, you know, we, we train for it. So this is fun. This is a this is really neat. Uh, you know, we always said that business is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so it's really cool to have somebody on here who's training for a marathon. So I know I had a cousin, his name is Chris, and he has run marathons barefoot. And uh, he he just said, if you choose to run a marathon and you complete it, it will change your life forever. He's like, what he told me was you will, next time you think there's something huge that you want to accomplish, you'll think about it completely different. It's more like, Hey, I got to train for this. I will complete it. Like, it's not like I can't do it or how am I going to do it? It's just, I'm going to train for this. I'm going to complete it. Like almost like you feel like you can do anything. And I think sometimes in business, when you have some success, maybe you're even young in business and you sell a big roof job. Cause we love talking about roofs. It's like, I can do anything in that moment. You're like, I can do anything. And I think that goes back to the tip of the week is when you're in that moment, like you can do anything, push a little bit harder like go for it, go all in. So yeah, this is really, really exciting. Uh, Laverne, talk a little bit about your early days in business early when you first started training for a marathon. Um, I don't know how far back you want to go. I know before you did commercial roofing, uh, you were doing, I believe overhead doors or maybe some residential roofing. Uh, tell us a little bit about when you started training for commercial roofing and, and what that looked like, the ups and downs. You already talked about workmanship how important that is. And I think a lot of people would say, you know, nine years or 10 years into their business, they would say, you know, our work's way better now. So I think you're probably pretty average when it comes to like, most people don't look back when they first started and said, wow, I did excellent work. Like we, we all make mistakes and we learn from them. Um, the difference is you chose to now do excellent work, but take us way back to the start of your training for commercial roofing. And let's go through that journey. Give us some of your ups and downs. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, well, we started in in late 09. Like we didn't really work in 09. So basically 2010 is when we we really started pushing the commercial. That's actually when we started. We we um we did some of our training and pre-training right 09, but then we actually really started in 2010. Looking back, um if I was to change anything, the number one thing and Warren brought it up would be would be to follow um, guidelines and specs, um, more, more strictly and, and do better work. Um, I, that's, that's one thing that, that I would change looking back. We went through, you know, periods where it was, it was really, and this was really interesting, but it didn't really hit us till we were nine years into the business when we actually had a lot of those callbacks. So, you know, it, it held out for three years. It held out for four years. It held out for five. But when it came to the to the ninth years, when we had the most callbacks and the most expenses going back out to warranty work, and we covered mm -hmm. it. Um, but 
even beyond that, when we first got started with overhead doors and Lentford, my twin brother, he's in partnership with me. We think a lot alike, but we, we did everything together. But I'll never forget the time we were hanging doors. We were really green. We were Mennonite kids. We went through eighth grade. And we had never heard of personal development. Like, you know, we, we read our Bibles and, and read storybooks. Like, I, di- I don't even think I even knew what a personal development book was. I didn't even know that term. Um, and, and it showed. And I think that's why our business didn't grow faster. We didn't have, we were doing okay with residential, but we weren't having true success in it, I wouldn't say. But Linford and I laugh about it now, but back back in the day, we didn't have very good people skills. Like we made good relationships, some, but it was more about ourselves. Um, I can think back to the one job that that Linford and I will never forget. We hung some garage doors for, and I still remember her name, and I'm not good with names, but for a lady named Vicky Black. Sounds pretty bad, don't it? <laughs> um, but we hung them and the door frames were crooked. And so we hung our doors straight. So it, it looked like we were hanging them. You know, if you looked inside the building, it looked terrible. Well, she came in and she she just completely lost all her cool. Like it was, she just completely lost it. And like today we have enough of that. Hopefully most times we have enough of that training that we realize that the customer's right. It's not going to help to argue it's not going to help to fight. Like you can come back after things are cooled down and maybe have a discussion. But I remember Linford said um, it was going back and forth there for a while. And then Linford said, um, man, it would be nice to work with a man. I mean, think about it. Um, and it was just because we were never trained in that. Like you never say that to a woman, period. Um, but my point is that. And that didn't work at all. Like she completely went haywire after that one. Um, but my point is back in those days when we were starting, there was a lot of that personal development that we had to fix in ourselves before our business was going to top out. Like we were maxed out to our potential because our personal development wasn't higher. The only way that, that I've learned that you can grow is you have to put more structure in place you have to work on your personal development. You have to make sure your brain is full of, I mean, we were talking about Ed Milet, um, John Maxwell, and I'm a big Bible fan too. You know, I, I'm a believer. So like the more you can fill yourself with those things, the better your relationships are. And think about the relationship skills. Relationships are everything. If Linford would have handled that woman a little bit, that lady a little bit better, that that whole story would have turned out completely different. It did turn out then, but I'm sure we were never friends. I don't know what happened to her, but that's just a little bit where we came from. Um, and I would say, number one, you know, work on that, that quality and that personal development in yourself, make yourself better. And then, you know, do quality work in your businesses. Make sure that, that the customer's always right. The customer's getting what you would want as a customer. And if, if the quality isn't quite there, make sure you serve that customer like no one's business. Mm. Like that's one thing I can tell you that Linford and I probably wouldn't change. We always serve that customer. Like even that Vicky Black, we fixed it. Like whatever she wanted us to do, the relationship wasn't good, but we fixed it. And I think that's what saved our company is because we at least had that one aspect, right? Is we were 
it didn't matter how much it cost. We were going to serve our customers and come away and make sure that that job was done right. So, That's awesome. are, you know, a little bit on the stories in the beginning. And I know like our first commercial job we did, um, we learned a lot by following specs. Like there's a cleaner that you spray down. And I think I said this at a conference, but you're, you're supposed to spray a cleaner down and wash it off. Our first job, we thought it was some layer down and we just sprayed the cleaner down, left it set and left it dry. And we sprayed our coating on top. Well, we got a phone call about two months later and said that whole piece, they said, it looks loose. It's it's, And we went back and we literally took a hold of the edge and we pulled that whole roof off like a membrane. <laughs> and it was because it had soap underneath. So, <clears throat> I mean, we... I have story after story of things that we learned the hard way, but looking back, number one, God blessed us like hands down. We were blessed, but I'd say the biggest thing that, that our success leans on in our, in our commercial roofing business and even in our coaching business is the simple fact of getting plugged into the right trainings and surrounding yourselves with the right people and plugging into like books and coaching and, and, people that actually brought our level up and that's where that's where we stop and right now again that's what's so exciting about this because it's never going to stop like you reach this level there's always galaxy after galaxy mm. after galaxy of levels and i think that's why it drives people like us because you come to a certain level and you can see that you're only touching the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more to learn um I love it. I love business. I love where we're headed. And, and you know, again, I, I would say that probably the biggest lessons we learned was, you know, make sure that our quality is 100 percent, that we're following specs and then um, above and beyond that, make yourself a better person and spread that to your teams and your business is going to have no like you're never going to you're never going to run out of work and you're never your, your business is going to keep climbing. That's awesome. Well, I know you mentioned, you know, you guys do some coaching and training and, you know, you have these stories of these mistakes you've made. Um, and now how, how blessed are these new guys that you're working with that you're training because you have these stories because you learn to follow spec and maybe when they argue with you or challenge you on something, well, we don't need to follow the spec on this. You can say, well, wait a minute. We actually have to, because here's why not because the book says to, but because here's what I tried and here's how much it costs me. And so, you know, you guys have integrity. And so the customer actually didn't get shorted too bad, but there's a lot of people in the roofing industry who do take shortcuts and they have, they purposely take shortcuts, but they will not go back on the callbacks. So they have no integrity and you guys were not professional. You've learned to become professional. But the one thing you had was integrity. And so I think that that is absolutely key is to really work on your integrity and be willing to do things, uh, you know, even if it costs you a little bit of money. So, yeah, uh, awesome story. I'd love to hear it. Love to uh, hear some of those, those challenges you had early on. So you talked about personal development. And I know that people talk a lot about you know, eating right when they're training for a marathon. Would you say that's kind of what that's like? You know, if, you know, personal development is you're kind of you're eating before you go out and put in the work, like you're consuming things. And so you're working on your diet. Um, what 
form of personal development would you had said the biggest impact? Was it podcasts? Was it conferences? Was it what, what part of that meal, um, I guess, do you digest the best or has ha, works the best for you? Cause we're all different. Um, but what has personally helped you the most as far as your personal development and your professionalism level goes? Yeah, it's funny you brought it up because I wanted to bring that up next with the whole marathon thing. Um, makes all the difference. I mean, if if over the weekend I eat chips and have desserts and stuff, that next Monday when I go out for my next run, I it it makes all the difference. You get you run a couple miles and you can't breathe. Um, you feel sluggish. It's crazy the slight adjustment that does and and how how it affects you. Um, and then it's funny that that how that you compare that with personal development. I plugged into Mandy. Um, she works with Charles. I can't remember her last name, but I, I plugged in there and she's been very, very helpful. The other day, um, I didn't realize it, but I was, I was eating not enough and especially not enough of protein. And I found it out kind of uniquely. We went out to a steakhouse and I usually get fish or chicken, like something really light. And we went to a really good place. And I was like, I'm going to have a steak. I, I'm, I had my long run. I had, I had 15 miles the next morning that I had to run, but I was like, I'll deal with it. So I ate a steak and that next morning I ran better than I've ever ran. Like I ran so mm -hmm. good. Like it felt so good. I, I was, it was, it was my record breaking run. I ran 15 miles in, um, it was eight minutes and 45 seconds a mile. And I, I didn't even get close wow. before that. And back to the business side of it, you know, Mandy helped me see that. Um, and, and she, she, you know, she helped me see that. Well, I found it out by mistake. Then I asked her about it. And then she realized that I was out of, I, I wasn't eating near enough of protein. And it's the same way with the whole um, coaching or personal development thing. Number one, you need the right person to help you. Um, and I know Charles W. Herbster preaches this like crazy, but if you're going to get someone to help you, why don't you find someone that has exactly what you want and then follow his advice? Not someone that that maybe does something completely different, maybe is way smaller than you or maybe even has a larger business, but maybe is in in retail or something that doesn't even apply to me. Why would I get him to help? So I think what I've learned in the past, and we made lots of mistakes with this, but I, I would say the number one thing that helped us was find the right person that was kind of in our industry or at least understood what we were doing and lean on the right person. So I think mentorship probably, um, probably did us the most. Um, and in the early days, it was literally, this is real simple, was reading good books. Like John Maxwell was an unknown figure in my life. And I leaned in and started reading some of his books and um, how to how to win friends and influence uh, people was probably the first solid book that I read. And that I can truly say that book changed my life in our business. Um, so I don't know. I, I do a lot of um, uh, conferences like you have there again. You have to make sure they fit you. Um, so you're not wasting a day or two on a, on a wrong conference for you. But if you plug into the right people and you surround yourself with leaders that are way bigger than you are, um, it can't help but make you better. So I don't know if that if that's what you had in mind, Warren, or not. But that's that's books, good books and podcasts like this, good books. Um, 
live conferences did did wonders for me but i'd say the number one thing is lean on someone that can be your mentor where you can call at least once a week and i do it with even my brother linford you know i'll write notes through the week and i'll write down things that pop in my head and then we'll discuss it for an hour and it's just amazing how that that third person especially if it or that second person if especially if he's a good business person or a good successful person um what that can do to your brain and you're like man i never thought about that that's exactly what i need to do and it changes your life mm -hmm. that's awesome <laughs> you brought out some really good points there so if nick wants to run a marathon should he ask you or me how to run a marathon <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean no for real like there's people who would ask me to how to run a marathon and they would pay me to try to tell them that they would have no success if somebody wants to know how to build a website, would they ask myself or Nick? Well, so that that's a great challenge uh, for you guys who are thinking of maybe hiring a coach is ask them some questions. Have they built a business? Have they built a, you know, what kind of business do you want? What size of business do you want? And ask those questions and find out if they were successful. There's a lot of coaches out there, a lot of coaches. There's probably a lot of running coaches out there too. Uh, that you can pay some big bucks to that probably couldn't even run a marathon, believe it or not. Um, they're out there. So when you go to I agree, mentorship is absolutely key. Mentorship and apprenticeship. So either working, like actually working for someone or having somebody you can call. Like Nick, if he wants to build an extra special website, he better not call me. He has to call somebody who's built one. And I think that that is so key is having that I mean, motivational speeches, I've heard Charles Herbster say this a few times, they're kind of like a warm shower. You know, they make you feel really good, but you need another one the next day. And so that mentorship is kind of the daily mentorship or that weekly mentorship is kind of like that, where you get it over and over and over again. And don't just think you're going to read one book and then you're good for the year and you're going to succeed off of that one book. Yeah, you're going to take one thing away from that book that's going to help you tremendously. Um, you're going to have to keep going, just like Laverne is continuing to improve his you know, minutes per mile and and going forward with training for his marathon is the same thing in business. We're going to continue to train and get better. We're going to surround ourselves with better people. It's interesting, you know, as we go along the journey, um, we have to, you know, run 5Ks with your friend. You have, if you're going on a marathon, you got to start hanging out with people who are training for a marathon. And I know you're doing that. I know you're hanging out with your brother who's training for a marathon. But in business, it's the same thing. If we want to level up, we're going to have to run with people who love one or who are on the level or are planning to be on that level. So surrounding yourself with the right people, having that mentorship. And you mentioned a book that I want to mention on this podcast, and I have not heard anybody that read it that said it was no good. So for it, it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Nick and Laverne and I have all read it, and uh, I think it is very, very important. So um, at this time, I think turn it back to Nick. Um, see if he has any comments and see if he has some more questions, maybe the fire round for Laverne. But this has been great to compare your business to uh, training for a marathon. Yeah, this is uh, this has been fantastic as uh, happens a lot. I kind of want to <clears throat> listen back through this Laverne and come up with about 20 more questions and have you back on <laughs> and, and go deeper. Cause there's, I think there's about five different subjects you brought up that we could easily just dive into, um, dive into deeper on those alone. So thank you so much for, for sharing. That was really good. Yeah. One uh, thing, 
one thing, if I may um, just just jump in here, Nick, uh, yep. Lauren said a little bit something about how how it helps to run with someone. Um, and mm -hmm. I and I want to just compare that when we did our half marathon, um, we we there was like hundreds of people. So some were slower, some were faster and some were really fast. But Linford and I both noticed you kind of hooked up with the group and it didn't really matter how fast you were running. You matched their pace. Mm -hmm. And he actually beat me pretty bad on a trail run. It was a 15K trail run. My brother did. And he asked me if I was running with someone like in a group. And it was funny because most of that race I was running by myself. It just happened that I was, you know, in the trail where there wasn't really anyone close. And Linford said he's sure that's what it did it because he was with probably four or five people that were running pretty fast. And he just kept up with them. And he knows mm. if he wouldn't have been with those people, he would have lagged behind. And I think that's what happened. I ended up being about a mile behind him. And I'm pretty sure if I would have been with that group, I would have, I would have, I know I would have, because you don't, you don't let, they, they pull you along. And it's the same in business. If you can run with people that are doing the same thing and network with those people. Um, I know right now we have a group of about 10. I think there's 10 in the group right now where we meet quarterly and we match our numbers. Like we look at, at my sales and we look at Eli's sales and we look at Steven's sales and we look at their number. We look at their advertising dollars. We look how many jobs they bid. We look how many books they read and we put it on a screen and we compare it, you know, with each other. And it's crazy how that works because it just pulls, it pulls everyone up because everyone's going kind of for the same goal. And it's kind of competitive, but but it helps so much in business and in life if you're running with a group of people that have the same passion that you do and you you end up pulling each other up. Back to yeah. you. Sorry about that. I just, I just couldn't help. No, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, and I think the the converse could be true that if you're hanging with people who maybe aren't pushing it quite right. as hard, you know, when you're running you get chatting and maybe they're going a little slower than you'd like, but you're having a good conversation. And so you just stick with them and yeah. all of a sudden you've, you finish, you know, 10 minutes behind where you wanted to be or whatever. And that's the same with life. I think, you know, be with people that pull you up, not people that hold you back. Yep. <clears throat> that's great. Um, well, yeah, I think we will transition into our, go vertical lightning round. So Laverne, I have six questions I'm going to ask, uh, and I will ask them as fast as you can answer them. So number one, what is the number one thing any contractor needs to know? I would say the number one thing if you're starting is, is your number of leads coming in. You got to have a ton of leads or you're not going to make it. Hmm. Awesome. What's the best thing you've done to find new customers? Um, probably in the past, in the last couple of years, it's, it's referrals, treating your customers right and staying in touch with those customers. That's your, your best turnaround. Hmm. Uh, how do you stop competing on price? Focus on our value, what, what you can bring to the customer. If you, if you focus on value and bringing value to the customer, the price kind of disappears. Wow. That's great. What's your uh, favorite tool or system you use for managing your business? Man, that's a good one. Um, I don't know what I would do without Google Earth. <laughs> like, honestly. 
Google Earth or the or even the maps. Like mm-hmm. I'd be completely lost. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what is the strangest mark? <clears throat> excuse me, strangest marketing tactic you've done that actually worked? Um, get my wife to make sticky buns and sticking a proposal or a bid into that and taking it out to the job works like a charm. Wow. They smell it. Um, Linford's actually done a lot more of this, but there's something about going out. If you're hard up for the prospect or hard up for the lead, or if you want it really bad, take some baked goods out with, with, with the proposal rewritten, take it and hand deliver it to the desk. Works like, works like nothing we've ever done. I, I tell people if you're hard up for leads, that's what you need to do. Hmm. All right. That's great. And finally, uh, what is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? It's probably that value thing where, where you bring in as much value as you possibly can. Um, even with our own clients, one thing we've started in this, this, I'll try to keep this short, but we do homemade bread and jam. And we've done that for probably 10 years. And we've had customers that we missed somehow or they didn't get a roof for three or four years and they meet you on this street. One of the first things they ask you is, where's my bread and jam? <laughs> and it's just, it's crazy how those things work. Mm-hmm. Um, keep it simple. Keep it, keep it down to earth. Everyone's a person. You know, the, you, you look at some of these successful business owners and you want to treat them different. It's, it's not necessary. Like just treat them exactly like you would your friend or your brother. Hmm. Wow. That's good. Man, that was awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, we made it through. Um, so Laverne, what's, uh, what's in the future for you or what, uh, what are you excited about in the next 90 days or so? Right now we're pushing our contractors really hard in the next week or so to make preferred. Um, that's a level Mm -hmm. that Conklin has that, um, brings them a lot of discounts and, and puts them on an elite level. Um, and then we're very, very focused in, in bringing new people in, in North Carolina. <clears throat> and I'm really excited about the Carolinas. We have a lot going on down there and there's a lot of new, new roofers that we're working with in that area. Um, so in 90 days, um, we're going to have a lot more of those on board and the ones that we have on board, this is our hot, hot season. Um, I don't know what it is, but it's August, September, October is our best part in the roofing season. And mm-hmm. my goal is to make sure that every single the ones of, the, of my new people, my new team members that are, are jumping from residential commercial, really focus in on the next two to three months. Um, because this is where their success lies for 2022. Because it always wow. rolls over to the next year. So if you don't really mm-hmm. focus on these next two to three months, you lose a huge amount of momentum for 2023. So now I'm excited through the, through the roof. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm truly excited. What's going to, what's going to happen in the next three months. I, I feel we got a really good push at having a really good year the rest of the year. And, and I know with all the changes, I don't know what's going to happen in 23, but I keep telling my people, if, if we really focus in, and land jobs and really focus in in the next three months. If you do enough of that, you're going to be busy into most of 2023. And maybe you can ride this. If there is going to be an economy thing, you can probably ride it through if you pushed hard enough from now to the end of 2022. 
Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so how, how can someone get in touch if they're listening and want to learn more about business or if they're interested in, you know, getting into commercial roofing or, or anything that you've talked about, uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I'm willing to set my cell number. I'm available. If, if I don't pick up, I answer, I call back in 24 hours. So either text message or voicemail. And my number is 740-656-0177. And Laverne Zook here. I mean, I don't, I don't mind if people call me. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Yeah. Awesome. And if you're in He's the, just... if you're in the Carolinas and you do residential roofing, then you should give Laverne a call. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he he goes down there every month, maybe a couple times a month, and uh, he's training a handful of contractors. So he's looking for more guys like you if you're listening. Yeah, awesome. Um, so <clears throat> as we wrap up, Laverne, if I can get one more last bit of wisdom out of you, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to any entrepreneur who's starting to who is uh, wanting to start? building their own business? I would definitely say find someone to, to help you because if I look back, I would have been lost without someone to lean on. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if I would to peel it all back, I'd say read, read how to win friends and influence people start, start that person. And I know there's some of my guys do not read books at all. So listen to it. Like just start into that world, just tap into that world and then find someone in the industry. And it's amazing. I, I just never ceases to amaze me how these successful, wealthy, older gentlemen love when young guys like us come up and just simply say, hey, I'm starting my own business. Um, what would be your number one or number two uh, pieces of advice that you could give me starting my own business? And it's amazing how willing those people are to help. So I would find the right person to lean on, um, preferably someone that's kind of in your industry. And your business, if you lean on it, on that person and take his advice and actually do what they're telling you, your business is going to take off. And make yourself better. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's uh, great. Love yeah, this was uh, this was great. Thank you, Laverne, for for sharing. Um, it was an honor. Tons and tons of, yeah. This was this was like uh, jumping into a gold mine here when you're when you're getting right into the uh, what do they call it? When I, I'm blanking on the term, but um, when you're getting into a rich mine, there we just we were kind of heading oh, yeah. right into it. <clears throat> well, people might not know this, but Laverne actually has a twin brother. And he always to learn so we might have Leonard on and, and it, it's pretty good it's gonna be hard to top it so we'll see yeah yeah Linford, you've thrown down the gauntlet a lot of Linford's actually very um I would say he's he's a lot better um he's very successful in running a large roofing business he's he's in the middle of that thing in the grind and he's very good at it and and one thing he's really learned is to build it where he puts people in place to run it for him. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if you're looking to go down that alley, he he's he's I would say he's way above and beyond me in that part of the world. Yeah. All right. We'll reach awesome. out and have him on. 
Um, hey, thank you for listening. Uh, everybody who's tuning in, we're, we really appreciate um, you guys coming and joining us every week and learning about business and, and life. And uh, so please make sure to follow us or subscribe wherever you listen at. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love a review. Um, and until next time, let's go vertical. I, I got a disclaimer first. If Uh-oh. there's any bad audio, that's that's my fault. That's not Nick's fault. Yeah. Um, I probably only recorded like two or three episodes from my office. I'm actually at our warehouse in Sparta right now. I got stuck here this afternoon, um, so I didn't get home in time. So I'm out working just like the rest of you. Yeah. And I know Nick and Laverne are as well. So. We're just a bunch of average dudes, and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This was a lot of fun. Let's go vertical. Yep. Here we go. Blast off. Yeah. 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 Yeah.